0: Can I get an amen?
1: You get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you.
0: In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you,
1: um, makes you, you know, shout out. Ooh.
2: Amen. Amen. This St. Patrick's Day, Thursday, March 17th, you can support the work of Catholic Charities of Acadiana at Sharing Spirits. The third annual Sharing Spirits puts together six local favorites, mixing their own craft cocktails with live music on the rock and bowl stage by South Louisiana favorites sold out. Food, live music, craft cocktails, bowling, and 300 of your best friends All supporting the essential programs of Catholic Charities of Acadiana that serve our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness, hunger, and poverty throughout the Diocese of Lafayette. Programs like St. Joseph Diner, our three emergency sheltering operations, Stella Hygiene Center, FoodNet Food Bank, Disaster Response, Rebuilding Together Acadiana, The Emily House, and more. Get your tickets to the St. Patrick's Day edition of Sharing Spirits at Rock and Bowl today and support the work of Catholic Charities of Acadiana in a super fun and engaging way. Tickets are available right now at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org.
1: Y'all, welcome to our Lenten series. This is our first time ever doing something like this. We're so excited. Father Nick Dubray's here with us. We are about to dive into some really beautiful stuff. So we hope that you join us every week during Lent. Um, I'm going to let Father Nick take it away. All right. Tell us how we got here.
3: Great. Yes. So I had come across something while I was preparing a homily just a few weeks ago in my own parish there in Parks. I have uh, parish and its mission chapel, St. Joseph and St. Louis. And I felt called to give the people a knowledge of who their real enemy is. And if I had to kind of go back there in my memories to say what brought me to that point, uh, it's just, the I think, the moral suffering that we're all carrying right now. There's a lot of polarity in society, and there's a lack of unity. And, of course, being a priest, one of our major offices is the expulsion of evil. We do that in our work of hearing confessions and helping people find their crowbar to get the devil out of their hearts, so to speak, through their repentance and conversion And also, right, we do minor exorcisms, and if the bishop so wills, he'll be a part of a a major exorcism, as it's more popularly understood or usually understood. However, uh, we can do this in our office of preaching, is to help people identify the real threat to unity, and Scripture testifies that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities are these spiritual strongholds or fallen angels better known as demons and these of course are working in uh, kind of alignment there with satan the evil one the ancient evil one and so i did some quick researching and just some googling And trying to get some ideas. And I I apologize for not being able to come up with the source. I've actually had great difficulty trying to find where I originally found this. But someone else made a list on the 10 ways that the devil oppresses us. And I was very inspired by it. And I took the basic 10 and put my own spin on them. And so I can't take full credit for this, but unfortunately I have been unable to find who originally composed these or how they came to 10, if you will. But I agree with all 10 and I felt they were worthy of sharing. So I I added to them and found scripture to kind of bring them out more. And so I'm going to share that with you for Lent and in, in 10 different little segments and, um, I wasn't sure how important this was because people in my own community, you know, I've been their priest for three years. You know, I don't know if they if they're still, you know, uh, if they're getting kind of tired of Father Dupre or what hits. And 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 I did hear some good feedback about that. But I also had the same weekend uh, an extra mass in the evening. To cover for a brother priest, dear brother priest. In fact, the priest that I chose to vest me in my ordination, which is an honor that a a deacon becoming a priest will ask a senior brother priest one usually that's inspired him in some way to vest him at his ordination and so that priest for me was father chester arsenal as many of us know in acadiana he's uh, had some health problems here recently i think he did have a successful hip replacement Mm -hmm. uh, but before that point he he was relying on the help of his brothers to help him with his masses at saint john's cathedral So I debated, I debated, and I said, wow, I, you know, I prayed and I got this idea to give to my own flock. This is kind of heavy stuff, the the 10 ways that the devil oppresses us, and it's not wrong. The content is good. It fit with the scripture readings of that weekend, and I felt it was good coming from, let's just call it shepherd instincts. Without being able to reach Father Chester and just <laughs> trusting in our friendship, I decided to just let her rip, and I delivered these ten ways that the devil oppresses us. And I had no idea what people thought of it. I felt it was a little lengthy, and I just moved through it as as well as I could with material prepared in front of me. It wasn't until I processed out and got to you know outside the main doors of the church that people were coming up and saying. We need a copy. We need a copy. So I was like, oh, well, that's great. So I said, well, look, I, you know, I'll put it out there on my Facebook page. Uh, uh, You know, I'm on messenger. If if you want it that way, whatever. So I, you know, I gave a bunch of copies that way. The copy that I used to preach from, I left with the sacristan there, Mr. Frugier. And I don't know, you know, I guess he might've made copies and made it available to people. Maybe came back after that Sunday evening mass. But anyways, uh, we decided that maybe this would be a good thing to share for Lent. Lent is very much about entering into the desert and helping us to battle with temptation. And it's good to remember that our own flesh, our own fallenness is not the only source of temptation. And also going back to the original point that I felt needed to be made was to remind people that we are not each other's enemy. You know, scripture says, Oh, nothing to anyone, but to love one another. And, I don't know if we have enough encouragement right now in let's call it mainstream voices to say that this is, this is still what matters for the sake of salvation, Mm -hmm. but how do you drive that home? Well, you have to identify the true enemy and we have one that stays in the shadows. So I want to go through with you 10 ways that he operates so that you can recognize his hand in your life and that hopefully You can resist giving into temptation that would make you fail in charity towards your neighbor because our salvation depends on that. We will be judged by our love, St. John of the Cross writes. So what I'm going to do is give just three, um, excuse me, four quotes about how the New Testament describes or refers to Satan. And they're all a little different. And again, just, just the way that he is talked about gives us an idea of his pervasive influence. So this will be a bit sobering. I'm going to say this right from the beginning, but that's a good thing to know. And to be on guard, the spiritual world is real. The devil is real. And it's good to take time to identify him and how he operates again, if if for anything else, if it helps us to love our neighbor better and to recognize that our neighbor is not our enemy. We have a common foe. So in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 44 He is called a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And of course, that is definitely calling to mind the book of Genesis. He lied. He lied to Eve and Eve transmitted that lie to Adam. And so it wasn't long. It didn't take too many generations before we had Adam and Eve's children murdering each other. But who started that? Who started that? The one who walked us away from life and paradise in the Garden of Eden. Jesus calls the devil in John chapter 14, verse 30, the prince of this world, the prince of this world. And that might sound kind of like it doesn't fit with a very uh, loved feast day that we do at the end of ordinary time, Jesus Christ, king of the universe. Uh, But Jesus himself calls Satan the prince of this world. So he is somebody who has a certain influence over this earthly life. That's exactly what that title conveys. And not just America, not just one country, not just one community, the prince of this world. St. Peter compares the devil to an animal, a ferocious and vicious animal. He is like a roaring lion on the prowl seeking whom he can devour, which is in first letter of St. Peter chapter five, verse eight. And the final quote that gives a kind of description of who he is, is in Ephesians chapter two, verse two, St. Paul refers to the devil as the ruler of the power of the air. I've seen that translated as the prince of the air. And I think it's a pretty short leap or, or, or a safe kind of interpretation there to say Sound is in the air, right? And we can think of an ancient quote from St. Augustine who says, singing is praying twice. What are we singing? What sounds are we allowing into our souls through our ears? You know, it's very important to take custody of the senses because as our Lord and Savior himself says, he's the prince of this world. And then again, St. Paul more specifically says, he's the ruler of the power of the air. Think about How we have cities, modern cities, like Austin is one that I'm thinking about. I hear it's one of the most well-planned cities in terms of having in its kind of conceptualization, having Wi-Fi abundantly available. And that's been the movement in many cities. It's probably the only way to do commerce these days. Certainly, if you're a cafe or any place where you're going to have customers for more than uh, passing through your establishment. Internet is everywhere. Sound is everywhere. Music has never been more easily accessible. You know, 10, 11 bucks a month, you've got Spotify premium, and you can listen to all kinds of sounds, right? And sound is a particular movement by a particular frequency of air. And so I find more and more as I try to stay faithful, that silence in the car is extremely healthy to do. Why? Because silence is one of those things that insulates you from an attack. I'm convinced. It sounds like language for combat, but when you have someone who has that much of a pervasive influence, it's very important to guard your soul. So I've set this up. This is how we're going to move. And I may refer to these quotes as we go through these 10 different ways that the devil oppresses us. And so here's number one, the devil makes us feel desolate. Desolate unloved by instilling fear. And I'll give you two scripture passages to help sound that out a little bit better. First letter of St. John, chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Connect that with this other passage. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. Adam speaking to God. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And so what kind of power does the evil one have? Because scripture says that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And why choose this passage from way back in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, from the very fall of humanity, the beginning? Because he mainly moves by instilling groundless, irrational fear. And you see how groundless and irrational is, most especially in Adam and Eve. They were in harmony with God. They knew he was present, but they had no cause for fear. And now he sees himself in a different way. He says, I was naked and I hid myself. Fear makes you do very stupid, regrettable things. Adam, how in the world can you hide yourself from God? You have to ask. <laughs> and so this is how fear works. It gets you to do things that make no sense and could be just a function of age, it could be just dealing with souls, it could be just going through the last two years of wondering if people have lost their minds. But I believe that it is through a stirring up of fear from the evil one. And so. There is also some other layers of that, okay? Uh, fear that we have to be noticed by others in real life or on social media to be considered important. And we know if I highly recommend a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Mm. You should watch it, maybe record it while you have a chance. It took some risks to put the information out there. It's solid. I even generated our last Lenten mission from that documentary because it exposed some of the very operations of the evil one in that people are being driven to seek the approval of fellow sinners more so than being concerned with the love of God and how much God loves them and cares for them. But instead people have shelved that they've put it aside And they prefer to be ruled by fear of public opinion. And it has not been for our benefit. And so, the devil will use that, right? Uh, And connected with that, fear that we have to be physically beautiful to be loved. Fear that we have to be physically beautiful to be loved. Social media, to me, the only mortal sin, according to Facebook, is if you post an ugly selfie. It's ridiculous. It's nobody the, posts ugly selfies. Nobody does, right? It's And yet, you know, we're being honest. We, we, it's Nobody is willing to show how they really are, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's actually helped me to <laughs> have some sympathy with. The
1: sacredness of a woman's influence. Gather with the Diocesan Marriage and Family Life Office and the Light Project for a Mother's Day reflection as we explore the sanctity of motherhood and the impactful influence of women. Drawing inspiration from the narrative of Mary of Bethany, we'll examine the importance of influence, our innate sacredness, and the brilliance of the feminine spirit. Our very own Leah Landry and Christy Fredu will be your speakers at this beautiful event. This one's for the mamas. It's a Mother's Day reflection at the diocese. Register before May 3rd um, on the diocese website. We will plug that for you in the show notes. You can also visit our website. And um, we hope to see you there.
3: certain positions about uh, body shaming. I felt like it was too complicated to even try to invest in to understand um, why there were these new movements in different uh, models, right? Uh, you know, they have models of all kinds of different shapes and size and they're getting celebrated. And at first I was like, is it okay to have an ideal for human physical perfection? I, I thought we were complicating things for nothing, but on the other hand, maybe they're dealing with the discouragement from Satan. Yeah. maybe sure, they need to find a better sense of their dignity beyond the physical, but maybe that's their way of coping with it because Satan has told them they're worthless unless they are physically perfect, you know and that's that's from the evil one right. How many lepers did Christ touch mm-hmm. <laughs> right? He did and uh, if we don't see leprosy now are there leper colonies today yes in our very state of louisiana as a matter of fact but leprosy full-blown you will lose limbs your nose can literally fall off your face i mean christ touched them christ loved them he made no distinction based on physical perfection satan would have you think otherwise you're only valuable you're only lovable. If you're physically beautiful or perfect to your own ideal or others fear that we have to accomplish great things or be publicly awarded to be considered valuable only if I publish only if I get the college degree uh, only if I am recognized for some kind of an achievement am I considered worthy of love. And. To me, I think there's a little bit of that with the strong push and emotional weight that a lot of our youth feel that perhaps don't feel called or don't even experience or have never experienced, even worse, a sense of happiness and peace and contentment with being a student, right? And people have different learning styles, but there are some who perhaps they're among the minority in their family that never got a college degree and they'll perhaps compare themselves you know, to their siblings or to other, maybe older generations in the family. And not everybody's called to that. Not everybody's called to some recognizable achievement, something you can hang in a frame behind glass on a wall as if it is some testimony to how lovable you are. And so great accomplishments are not required for your dignity. And the devil would have you think that you have to, in order to be considered valuable. Fear that we will be excluded or teased if we do not share a popular opinion or attitude. Uh, some of my brother priests just completely have gotten off of social media and, and I don't, I don't blame them. I don't. I've, I've struggled with the temptation myself to let it all go, but I know for me, I've, I justify it by saying it's a way that we can still get a a good message out there. At the same time, it's this temptation that us priests, I mean, especially, you know, with our formation, our time in prayer, and our taking the beam out of our own eyes, we're not as kind of controlled by a popular opinion. We can think critically. We can think in a way where we can do true philosophy. And so we might shrink from this thought that we would put out there, but it gets so discouraging. That some of us who can really put a a pure and beautiful thought out there it seems that we uh maybe sometimes succumb to fear that it won't be received well or it's not necessary right um we'll be excluded we'll be teased right and unfortunately that's driving us away in some situations let's say uh, i'll leave room for a valid retreat from social media absolutely But in some ways, it's leading us away from the Beatitudes. You must be persecuted for righteousness if you are to be aligned with Jesus Christ. It will come, it will come. And so uh, I also feel like the unbridled use of social media has ushered in a new code of morals, that instead of fearing and honoring God, it's focused us on being afraid of each other, as if the new worst mortal sin is you can never post something that is not acceptable to your neighbor or your neighbor's ideal, or what worse, you just think is your neighbor's ideal of life and what a happy life is, instead of saying, I should be driven and empowered by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I offer that uh, as a remedy for suffering under this movement of discouragement under underneath satan which again i'm starting with the worst first here this is mainly how he works he makes us feel empty desolate not valuable by instilling fear so how do you fight that with the gift of the holy spirit known as the gift of fear well what is it of course it's misunderstood because of the word fear how do you fight fear with fear fear in the sense of I am more concerned. I am more mindful. I exercise a greater regard by the force of my will, assisted by grace, of being more afraid of displeasing the Lord, who is always always has his eye on me. He is always seeing me in his son. I've been baptized into his son. And you go back to the baptism of Christ in the river Jordan. This is my beloved son. I am pleased with him. He is happy with us in who we are and in our identity as his sons and daughters adopted through baptism. This is our greatest preoccupation that is worthy of our emotional life, putting all of our thoughts and feelings on the fact that God loves us. And this is what can be, in my opinion, one of the most effective ways to drive away that fear that comes from the evil one. And so... Uh, that's going to end number one for these 10 ways that the devil oppresses us. And I look forward to giving more.
0: Let's talk about it a little bit.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Dang. That's good. Can I get an amen? How you fight fear with fear, like fear of disappointing your Lord. Right. You know, um, I relate to that so much because growing up, I just had this massive fear of disappointing my parents, disappointing my father in particular. Um, And even more today, disappointing my heavenly father. So uh, I love that. I think that's such a powerful message. Mm -hmm. It really is.
0: What hit me the most was when you said he's the prince of the air. He's the prince of this world. And I thought how interesting that the word is prince when we call Jesus the prince of peace Mm -hmm. and then you're relating fear of the devil and then fear of the Lord is what I heard. So it's like Jesus is the remedy of that fear. Jesus is the true prince of that peace um and how close they are mm. and how easy it is to get those wrong because yeah. he is so cunning and so baffling and so sly that we don't even realize when he's penetrating our thoughts and our sounds and making us so busy that we can't even mm. hear the voice of god i've never i've never known satan to be called a prince Isn't
3: that while That's jesus' own words
0: cuz you know what like evil's charming that's what I was thinking. He yeah. can romance you almost uh-huh. just as easily as Jesus can. Yeah. But quickly turn into that like abusive person. S- super jump.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. On that note, I don't want to interrupt questions. No.
0: no, that's what this is for.
3: I follow Dr. Scott Hahn on Instagram, and he had posted a quote from St. Basil the Great, believe us today, hell can't be made attractive. So the devil makes attractive the road that leads there whoa isn't that powerful nobody would be like sure hell looks great
0: right
1: (laughs) but
3: we might fall for a charming way Mm -hmm. that winds up there isn't that powerful St. Basil the Great it's some (gasps) ancient ancient wisdom you know
0: jeez throwback huh I
3: don't know why priest why we I'll put myself in there why we don't preach about this more Mm -hmm. as a way of uniting the body of Christ Mm. yeah expose him
0: cuz everything you just said I'm like yep yep I think I'm not pretty enough I think I've done enough I think I'm I mean everything you said on that list I could say yes I have that fear and I've had that fear so if I can say that and you're saying it then everybody else who's going to listen to this has thought and has been tried by the devil in those same ways mm-hmm. to like take the mask off of that and say like god this is what he's doing to all of us.
3: He mm-hmm. said something else too about how you don't even realize he's got you. Well, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah. That's the dopamine drop of getting likes on your post. Yes. Now, now, look. If it's good, solid content, oh, I'll be the first to brag. I was like, look, they like this scripture quote. Yeah, like, yeah. y'all, look at this. You <laughs> look know, how
2: many people love the Lord? Look
3: how many people love the Lord. Right. right? Speak the truth. Right. So. But it's the other things, you know, they like the new dog I got. And it's like, my life's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the dopamine tells me so. Yes. <laughs> so and
0: validation of being seen is like good for a minute. Yeah. So being seen by the prince of the world feels great in that immediate rush. But feeling seen by the prince of peace is that everlasting. Like, this is the good stuff. I know you're never going to leave me kind of thing. But yet we chase after that instant gratification like in your
1: facebook or your instagram right let's just be for real
0: yeah so if we want to end this week and
1: i'd love to end this week with a challenge you guys let's all fast from the mindless scrolling of social media try to do it all lent but especially this week just do everything you can to fast from the mindless scrolling. if you got to get on there for business or you got to get on there because you want to post something holy Mm -hmm. then that's what you do but i challenge you this week fast from the mindless scrolling and
3: fight fear with fear. Amen. Amen.